This is Jared McKinnon, and you're listening to Roster Watch. Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the Epic Roster Watch Pro Podcast brought to you by our pro members at rosterwatch.com. So, you. This podcast is brought to you by you, the listener. And so, as you're listening to this podcast, please know that this content is not possible without your support. And we thank you so much. Without your support, none of this is possible. Byron. You are in Sam. No, 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 no. Now you're in Napa, California. Of, of course, Alex Dunlap here with Byron Lambert, Roster Watch Podcast, Pro Podcast. Byron is in Napa, California. Disappointed last night with mustards. Hopefully, going someplace a little bit better tonight at Raiders camp. We'll get the update on that. But before we do, we have some catching up to do, Byron. Seattle to Santa Clara, and now driving around California. What the hell's going on, brother? Fourth stop, eighth day of training camp practice in a row. Tomorrow will be the ninth practice in a row for us here at Roster Watch Nation. And then I'll get my first respite for about 48 hours. Well, 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 I mean, you got to throw in trash man's practices too. So for, if, you're, if, if you're saying for all of Roster Watch Nation, he's, trash man's been at a few. Yeah, f- fair enough. <laughs> we'll, see if we can, we'll see if we can get him out to more than one. Well, what, I need him to be a dog is, about those damn credentials, man. Every year, it seems like he has trouble getting credentials. I skate well, right through to ten. I get, I get confirmed to ten of these things in a I, jiffy, I, I no keep, problem, man. It's just oh. somehow he just doesn't. I don't. We'll, we'll cut all this out. We can even start the pot over. But I don't. I don't know. It's just, <laughs> I, I, I think we can leave it. Just in. Some, it's fine. something it's with fine. the trash, man. It's just. It's always just an uphill battle, man. It's always diff- yeah. everything's difficult with the trash, man. Seahawks scrimmage, go. Seahawks scrimmage on Saturday. That was the third day of practice uh, for me to observe there in Seattle on a bright, sunny day. And it was a big day for a couple of players out there, namely Chris Carson, who on the first play from scrimmage with the ones caught a monster touchdown pass down the sideline from Russell Wilson in that scrimmage. Uh, Jerron Brown, went bananas uh, throughout the scrimmage with the ones, with Russell Wilson. Um, Brandon Marshall managed to sneak in, look pretty good, get a touchdown uh, in that game. Uh, Marshall is looking more and more like he's a very potential uh, piece of this offense moving forward if he can stay healthy. how uh, How does he look physically? Good. Moves well. Looks, looks like good. Big, look, looks like a big grown man, a big looks, professional. Looks like the only. Player. Looks like the only NFL wide receiver on the roster, especially when Doug Baldwin's not on the field with that big body. Well, body. No, that, no, only because Doug Baldwin's not on the field because he always looks like an NFL wide receiver. Just in terms right. of body, yeah. But Baldwin's not a real big guy. I mean, Marshall is. When you see Marshall, you say, "Oh, like 
that's a big NFL wide receiver right there. That's really what you think of. He just looks like a different kind of human being, a different breed of human being out there. So nonetheless, Brandon Marshall moving really well, improving day by day, was able to snag a nice touchdown in that scrimmage. If he is able to stay healthy, which is you know the clear question here, I mean, he should make the roster and he should make an impact this year. So the question is, how long will What he- does that mean? Uh, so I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to get caught up on your Seahawks recap. I wanted to get right through Seahawks and get to the 49ers because you're, you're already at Raiders, and so I, I, I know that we got to keep what's fresh on your mind. But what do you mean? Do you think he could step in and be some kind of even – could he be 50% of Jimmy Graham in the end zone? Can we think if he might – like, do you think – what would you put the – do you think Brandon Marshall is going to make the team first off? I do. I do think he'll make the team better than 50% chance. Pete Carroll's already taken a liking to him. He has a pretty clear chemistry with Russell Wilson. Like I said, he's just a body that they're missing out there that really they sorely need. The only question is whether he's healthy and whether he can stay healthy. He looks like a guy who's moving very well and is healthy. So the only question is really will he stay healthy? That's what the team has to assess. But they're so thin at wide receiver, I really don't see how they can't afford to it. Take the, they have to take the chance, assuming Marshall gets through training camp healthy. So, yeah, he caught the touchdown in the scrimmage. And, yes, I believe he can replace Jimmy Graham's production in the offense. It might be a little more from the outside than in the middle of the field. But he replaces that body type. He, re- he replaces that possession receiver. He replaces that red zone prowess. Um, absolutely. He, he's the guy that um, looks most ready to replace Jimmy Graham in the Seahawks offense uh, this year, uh, like I said, Jerron Brown had a had you, a. You 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 realize that you realize that Jimmy Graham. I thought he had eight touchdowns. Did Jimmy Graham have ten touchdowns? But last he only game? had about seven or eight hundred yards. I, I, but, uh, what I'm talking about, though, Byron, is the fact that what other. You don't think that Pete Carroll and John Schneider might have thought to themselves, like, Brandon Marshall's available. He has that same kind of body as the – honestly, dude, Jimmy, Jimmy Graham, I would like to see his stats in between the, the 220s. He, he's, coming off, he's coming off horrible injuries. He's the kind of guy that's going to look like – end up looking a little bit more lumbering and more and more lumbering as he gets older and older. I, I just I wonder if Brandon Marshall can be almost like that exact kind of player for them. They just line him off. They line him up, split off, split off the line of scrimmage. Yeah, definitively. The yeah, answer like, is yes. Like, yes, he can. And that he can look like that. And it's not like he's going to be that much slower than Jimmy Graham or worse of no. his brakes than Jimmy Graham. He's faster than Jimmy Graham. And, and he, he can still go up in like – so that's just kind of – that's pretty interesting. Yeah, Brandon Marshall, you guys will see there's an update to the standard cheat sheet up on the site – uh, this evening, Brandon Marshall is a guy who's had to make his inaugural appearance on the cheat so sheet. Is, so you, what you're saying is it, it is not the mummified, rotting corpse of Brandon Marshall. No, this is a player moving well out there on the field. You know, I'm sure he doesn't move as well as he did when he was 25, but the guy that moves well looks good, looks healthy. He's having fun out there. Uh, I'm All right. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm pretty interested in, pretty interested in having he, Brandon Marshall on the radar at this point. I didn't mean to derail you into Seahawks yeah, land. No worries. So whatever else you wanted to finish. This is with. why I wanted to talk about it, though. There's a lot, guys. So Chris Carson, I told you about the monster touchdown pass. I mean, Penny looked good in the scrimmage too, but Chris Carson was just absolutely beasting out there in the scrimmage. I already told you that Jerron Brown looked fantastic out there. CJ Procise dropped a touchdown. It's been a lackluster 
deal for CJ ProSize. And guys, we'll get to Mike Davis on the preseason week one DFS podcast tomorrow. Um, he's getting a lot of run out there. I think it's getting him prepped for a big week one DFS uh, preseason. But half of me starts to wonder with a lackluster training camp that CJ ProSize is having. I know they've been waiting for that guy to stay healthy, but he hadn't been good the three days I was in Seattle. You start to wonder if ProSize starts to move to that bubble with the type of usage we've been seeing out of Mike Davis and J.D. McKissick uh, here down the stretch. Both those guys getting a lot of run. They got a contest there for that last spot in that running back room. Um, One other thing I I did get a chance to get with John Clayton when I was in San Francisco. Hopefully Roster Watch is going to have – Seattle. No. Clayton's in Seattle, right? No, no. I I got together with John Clayton in San Francisco. At 49ers but, practice. Oh, oh, so you, all right. But, but Clayton, like, forgive me if I'm wrong. Clayton lives in Seattle, right? Yeah, Clayton is a, is a Seahawks insider, but I, well, okay. I had the opportunity and, but to you saw him in San Francisco. rub elbows with him My bad. during 49ers okay. practice. And by the way, you know, if all goes well, their roster watch may have an opportunity to begin doing more with John Clayton. Well, the professor, we always sit by him at the at the combine for the wide receiver drills, like inside Lucas Oil, like all the grades that we do. Yeah, the professor is always giving us. Dude, the professor is the one who told us, man, from the very who who gave us the original tip, like pointed down his binoculars. He's like points down at him. That's all he's got to fucking say, man. Bring your fucking binoculars to Indy if you're in the PFWA and you have the ability to go up into the viewing suites. And it's been critical ever ever since, man. The professor, we love him around Yeah, so the, we won't steal his thunder, but the professor may have some exciting things on the horizon. So hopefully, uh, maybe that will all come to light sooner well, than later. And it and, uh, yeah. sounds like there could be some opportunities for us to continue working with John Clayton more and more, who we absolutely love. By the way, Kirk Mer- Morrison, who is also out there, who does uh, radio for NFL radio on Sirius XM, speaking of the Jimmy Graham stuff, he was just at Packers camp and... He was actually pretty impressed with what Aaron Rodgers and Jimmy Graham had going on up there at training camp. Look, we know Jimmy Graham always looks good in training camp, but he said it's different with Aaron Rodgers than it was with Russell Wilson. Anyways, maybe that's for another podcast, but a little bit of intelligence there just from rubbing elbows on the sidelines at 49ers camp. But nonetheless, uh, what John Clayton piped in on, I showed him, I asked him to go over my Seahawks notes with me uh, just to see if in his mind they reconciled and if he had any addendums to them uh a co- you, do, do, do you hear what you're do you hear what you're getting on this podcast he <laughs> okay go on so quickly one guy that had been out of practice while i was in seattle was wide receiver david moore prior to the emergence of brandon marshall david moore was having a big training camp was really slotted to be that starting slot and number three wide receiver uh with Seattle here early in camp. So when he comes back, that's a name that we're really going to need to watch in preseason DFS and maybe just have somewhere on our radar uh, in general. Uh, The other thing, Alex, he did update me on the uh, Seahawks defensive backs. He said we pretty much had that sorted out correctly. Uh, The notes I'd sent you from practice um, and – but he helped up me updated a little bit. So it's going to be Shaquille Griffin starting at, on the left side of the defense at cornerback. Uh, Maxwell is going to start on the right side of the defense at cornerback. It's Coleman who is the starting slot cornerback. 
Flowers is the CB four and five on this team. And um, he said Nico Thorpe is having his best uh, camp of his career at the backup slot position, kind of like the corner. The backup slot. The cornerback, cornerback four and special teams. He actually said Coleman at the starting slots had an outstanding camp. Okay, so I'm gonna have to make a. I'm gonna have to make one or two changes on the wide receiver versus cornerback projections. If those are indeed the projections, I had them a slight bit differently than that. I just, I, you don't. I mean, we'll see. I'm looking at all at at our lads, and our lads has Nico Thorpe even ahead of Byron Maxwell too. I just, I wonder. They're not always the most uh, up-to-date on there in terms of, you know, day-by-day stuff that's happening at camp. It's a good resource. No, but it's, 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 hard, it's hard to manage those depth charts across the league up to the minute. Those things change yeah, rapidly. But I, I talked to somebody else that thought that Nico Thorpe would end up on. But so I have to make a couple changes here. Byron Maxwell will be easy to get in. The analytics on him go, go back easily. So it'll be easy to get in. But keep an eye out for that. <laughs> an update to the wide receiver cornerback strength of schedule uh, tool via projection of their – uh, matchup on and Amara Darbo also a surprise DNP at the scrimmage. He's lost some ground. It looks like he's really losing a little bit of ground right now, especially with the no buzz integration no buzz. of of Marshall in Seattle. But I'll tell you, Alex, I'll leave. I left Seattle's training camp with Chris Carson and Brandon Marshall owning a little bit more real estate in my head than I'd expected. That's crazy too, because it's the two. It's like the most two. You know, unsexiest names, you know, pe- the names people don't want to be hearing about. They want to be hear about Rashad Penny and Doug Baldwin and Russell Wilson and everything else. But we hey. love value, and when you see yeah, the latest version the of the standard, <laughs> come, you guys look at the latest version of the standard cheat sheet. You'll see that we're getting good value very late on both Carson and maybe even Marshall at the very end of very deep drafts. This is a great, great tweet from uh, – I'm just I'm reading as we are recording this podcast from Mike Klotz at Klotz DFS responding to our uh, uh, tweet where, you know, it was the Antonio Callaway news and uh, Mary Kay Cabot broke the, broke the news that Antonio Callaway failed to inform the Browns of the marijuana citation. And Hugh Jackson admitted – that it's alarming, and now the red flag is up. And so I tweeted, the red flag wasn't up before with fucking Antonio Callaway, right? He's one of the big, right? And so this guy, Mike Klotz, tweets back. He says, and people give Josh Gordon shit for staying away and keeping himself clean. You can't put yourself in situations like that. You always are all over the place. It's true, man. Josh Gordon shouldn't have been around there with fucking Antonio Callaway. He might just not need to be in Cleveland, right? I don't know. what it, Like, whatever, hey, whatever Josh Gordon's doing, I'm fine. I am fine with it. Um, okay, so anything anything else on Seattle, or let's just move on to San Francisco? Yeah, let's dive into San Francisco. Do you want more of the Roster Watch podcast? Well, now you can have it. The Roster Watch Pro podcast is now available for pro subscribers at rosterwatch.com. All you have to do is sign up for a pro membership at rosterwatch.com. You'll get access to all pro podcasts as well as our tools for fantasy draft season like the epic and magical mystical cheat sheets, in-season tools like the matchup tool, snap counts, touches, targets, touchdown dependency, so much more. And then our DFS products, including the DFS cheat sheets for draft 
DraftKings and FanDuel, the Vegas Tool, the Hyper DFS Professional Lineup Optimizer, and so much more. If you play preseason DFS, Rosterwatch Pro is for you. We'll have weekly previews of the main slates for all of our pro members mixed in with exclusive content from the 2018 Training Camp Tour. And then in season, you're going to be able to enjoy Byron Lambert's legendary trade cast, uh, the Waiver Wire podcast, uh, premium podcasts like our weekly DFS breakdown. All this, all our tools, and all the access to us that you can imagine for the lowest price in the industry. We are a nation. Join us at rosterwatch.com. The stadium, beautiful? Unbelievable. Santa Clara is one of the most beautiful cities in the whole country. It's peaceful, it's quiet. The skies are crystal blue. The air is cool and dry. It smells like flowers everywhere. It's, it's just unbelievable. Like if you have a family and you can afford it, Santa Clara would be just – South Bay, man, I mean as much as San Francisco is fun to visit and stuff, that South Bay around San Jose is just a real peaceful, wonderful area to live. It's beautiful. I'm just um... – I'm just homes are about a million dollars though. So. Yeah, if you if if you if you have a family and you can afford it, meaning like literally maybe like two of you that could be listening to this podcast out of everybody, they could have they could have like I'm looking at a three bedroom, two bath right now in South Bay that's nowhere near the water that is super old, only thirteen hundred and forty six square feet. And it's a new listing of 1.2 million. <laughs> it's insane. My Uber driver, he has a who is an older guy, and he has a two bedroom, two bathroom. Granted, he said it's a nice apartment with like, dude, this dude, this thing looks like a trailer, and it's it's, it's close to the water to where it might have a uh, might have a small view, and it is nine hundred and seventy thousand dollars. And it's not close to the water as in the beach. You got to go to an hour to no. an hour to Santa well, Cruz to get to the beach. It's inland on San Francisco Bay on on the Coyote Creek uh, portion. But I'll tell you what, Santa Clara is so stunning that even though it's not by the beach, it's one of those places that you absolutely feel like you are on a magical vacation when you're there. It's like Napa. It's like you know, if you go to the other side of the other. Uh, big mountain. There's like a beach there, and so like the you know you still get the you still get the the kind of feel that you're you know somewhat coastal. Levi Levi Stadium, very cool for the 49ers though. A beautiful, beautiful, quaint stadium is really really awesome. So yeah, 49ers practice for a couple of days. Uh, had a great time. Got to really get a lay of the land there. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo is definitely the BMOC. He's he's in command. Looks very sharp out there. Um, very fair to say that Marquise Goodwin is the guy. He is the guy. That's Jimmy Garoppolo's guy. And uh, Marquise Goodwin looks fantastic on all kinds of routes. All kinds, all of, kinds routes. of routes. Goodwin looks fantastic. He's his number one read. He always wants to get him the ball. I've never seen Goodwin just so. I haven't heard a peep out of Pierre Garçon. Is Pierre Garçon hurt? Is he out there? Is he playing? Oh, yeah. You saw. I had an interview with Garçon. I sent you photos of Garçon. We got a roster watch ID from Pierre Garçon. Byron Lambert here with 49ers receiver Pierre Garçon. Pierre, how's the body feeling uh, going uh, through training camp so far? Um, Feeling good. You know, training camp, you always get normal aches and bruises and bumps, but uh, nothing serious. Knock on wood. I hope it stays like that. And, um, you know, things keep going well for us. What do you think will be different about this year's version of the 49ers offense? 
Um, shoot, you know, we have a lot of options on offense, so that'll be different. But, uh, you know, it's the same playbook. You know, just got Jimmy starting from the beginning of the year instead of, you know, at the second, third part of the season or fourth part of the season. But, um, you know, it's the same offense, and guys are just getting more comfortable with what the coaches ask and being a step ahead from last year when it was a new offense to majority of the guys. And, Pierre, you're an experienced veteran Can you that's had a lot of success in this league. Will you tell us kind of what you've seen out of the growth of Marquise Goodwin here and this over this um, last year or so you've been with him? I'm seeing a lot of great things. You know, he's went through a lot. He's um, grown as a player, as a person. Um, he's doing a lot of great things to continue his success that he had in this NFL in this season in this offense um, from last season. Um, but he's definitely doing a lot of great things. You know, he's, he's focusing on football and, you know, just uh, making sure he's on every detail, um, continue being the fastest guy guy in the league and continue to play well and play in super fast and that's a great thing for all of us to see because that helps everybody they don't let you I'm talk asking, to these players I'm, when they I'm don't practice rhetorical sense like you said like i haven't heard anything about pierre garçon yeah, PR, pierre garçon looks good look he's healthy looks good gonna be a very solid piece of that offense uh he's just not the number one marquise goodwin is jimmy garoppolo's number one these quarterbacks come in man they're humans they have guys they like and those are the guys they look to first and you always see, you know, Goodwin still warms up in warm-ups, just like that Olympian that we even saw. Remember when we went to the Senior Bowl and none of those other kids do how to warm up like pros, but Marquise Goodwin looked like a guy who'd already been training like he, at the Olympics. The, yeah. in, in, in Olympic so every time it's time. Goodwin right. and Garoppolo at the front of the line finishing drills together, chumming it up. Those two guys are boys. Uh, Goodwin apparently has had some adversity in his personal life and whatever has occurred there – like he's a super happy soul and spirit. He's constantly dancing and just having a wonderful time. He's just a gracious young man. Byron Lambert here with 49ers receiver Marquise Goodwin. Marquise, how do you think camp's going so far? First of all, I just want to say hook him to you and appreciate you for taking this interview. Camp is going well, man. Um, just grateful for another opportunity to be on this team and, and represent this organization. How do you feel that you've grown as a player on this team in the last year, and how do you foresee your role growing on offense this season? As a player, I feel like I've grown um, as far as route running, uh, opportunities um, have increased, and which have allowed me to be a different type of player that people have seen in the past, so I'm able to use my speed in different, different realms, different situations. And how's it going with Jimmy Garoppolo? Jimmy G is the man. Uh, it's always good as long as he's on the field throwing that pill. Uh, Marquise Goodwin, just ha he's just really blossoming. I mean, there's blooming. There's no other way to put it uh, in the San Francisco. Now, I think a lot of that is baked into his ADP, and at the end of the day, you still have to rem remember this is Marquise Goodwin. I mean, it is still Marquise Goodwin. He might be at the top of the pecking order, but there's a lot of mouths to feed. It's a Kyle Shanahan offense that will definitely do just that. And Goodwin is still Goodwin. Uh, he's not big X receiver that's going to command a massive target volume. That said, he's a solid fantasy player, and he's a good NFL wide receiver, and he is the number one on the San Francisco 49ers, and he's the big deep threat too. He's got the high-value targets. The other thing that's interesting is when you shake – we always talk about these things on these podcasts. When you shake Pierre Garçon's hand and when you shake Marquise Goodwin's hand – it's kind of crazy. Like you shake Mark Pierre Garçon's hand, and I think I kind of have like average size hands, maybe like medium or smaller palms and longer fingers. But you go to shake, <laughs> you go to shake Pierre Garçon's hand, and you're like, "Wait, is my hand bigger than Pierre Garçon's hand? Like his hand feels kind of small in your hand." 
And then you go to shake Marquise Goodwin's hand and he just pulls this real long paw out of his pocket <laughs> and he just wraps that thing around your wrist and your hand and envelops it when you shake it. So Goodwin just, man, he's got that Olympic physique uh, as a sprinter and he's got those hands of a wide receiver and he's got the mentality of a football player. So yeah, good one's the real deal, Alex. I mean, ADP is, I think it's baked in. I know we haven't been super on him. Um, but the fact is he's going to be solid this year. You know, I'd, I'd love him as my wide receiver three. The problem is you can't get him as that. Um, Dante Pettis and Trent Taylor. Wait, but, but, so, but, so, but let me ask you. So, We've always said that it's it's not the it isn't the. I mean, what do you think about Marquise Goodwin in fantasy? Solid, solid player if you get him. Like I said, I think it's baked into his ADP. Has been all along. I've been a little bit skeptical. I still don't see a ton of value there, but I see you're getting a good player. You're getting a and if you're buying, well, here's the thing: people keep wanting to wanting to. Say Jimmy G is going to break out, and I keep saying to the people, I'm like, well, if, if everybody's expecting this Jimmy G breakout, who, who's it coming from? You know, why aren't all these why aren't all these wide receivers, you know, being you know supremely targeted by everybody else? Why is George Kittle still going 12th round? And I, I, I just I look, and I see Marquise Goodwin's current ADP at 97. So do we need to start getting some of him? Towards the end of the eighth round or something, like, do you think it's that important that we? I think you'd like. I think you'd like average to maybe somewhat slight sub-average exposure to Marquise Goodwin. You don't want to be at this ADP. You don't want to be overweight on him, but you don't want to be blanked on Marquise Goodwin. You want to get a little bit of that, yeah. And I moved him up on the latest version of even the standard sheet. Hey, you know what, though? There is a lot of credence to the Jimmy Garoppolo stuff. I personally still can't get him over a guy like Philip Rivers or somebody of that ilk just because of how how much faith I have them. But, I mean, the truth is Jimmy Garoppolo, he had some misses out there. He's not a 1,000% accurate, but he's in command, and he certainly has an offense with a ton of, you know, I say a ton. He has a pretty good stable of offensive pass catchers specifically, but, and playmakers. I mean, even the backfields, we'll get to the backs, the backs in a little while. That, I mean, that's a whole stable of pass receiving backs. That's how that whole running back group is going to be used heavily in the receiving game. Uh, we'll get to that shortly, but yeah, Pierre Garçon, you know, probably not going to have much exposure there. He's not the number one anymore. Still a solid player in spots, especially if maybe in DFS his pricing, uh, gets to the right, uh, Point maybe as the season progresses and folks find out that he's not uh, the top player there, but not not a player I'm seeing exposure to in fantasy, Alex. But Pierre Garcon, a player that looks to be a healthy and solid receiver for that 49ers offense, definitely back and ready um, to contribute this year. And then what we have in earnest for that number three and four spot, uh, one of our favorites, Trent Taylor from the Senior Bowl last year. What was that, Louisiana Tech? Alex, where Trent Taylor was out of, yep. Uh, yep. quicker than a hiccup, a uh, little water bug out there, great little slot receiver. Uh, no, it, I mean, he was, it wasn't just a great little slot receiver. He was an absolute force in the game of college football. Yeah, right. well, as, in terms of that, the senior bowl. Uh, right. Anyways, Trent Taylor has 
uh, he's been been a little bit banged up. He was just reintegrated into 49ers practice on Sunday. I don't think he's going to play in the game on Thursday, which is something we'll be talking about tomorrow, how that effect might affect a few of our sneaky uh, week one preseason DFS plays from this 49ers team. Uh, especially if Trent Taylor's unable to go. Uh, But nonetheless, Taylor, Kyle Shanahan uh, had a lot of good things to say about uh, Trent Taylor when I asked about him. And in the two days I was there, he quickly reintegrated, um, even though it was, uh, he'd been uh, missed uh, quite a bit of camp and he's making plays, man. Trent Taylor looks awesome. Byron Lambert here with 49ers receiver Trent Taylor. Trent, how's it feel working your way back into the mix here in camp? And what's it uh, feel like going into year two? Uh, feels great uh, finally getting back out there. Uh, it's not fun sitting on the sidelines watching all the time. So it uh, feels good to be back out there with the boys, uh, running around, you know, getting some contact going. And um, going into year two, there's a lot, a lot of hype going around here. So um, uh, we got a lot of work to do, though, because everybody's kind of hyped up last year going off a of five-game win streak. So, um but none of that carries over. We got to start start all over again, and uh, make sure we're prepared to, um, you know, make a run, make a run this year. Well, how do you feel you've grown the most from year one to year two, and how do you foresee yourself being able to contribute more this season? Uh, just being able to think deeper into the playbook, you know, instead of just kind of knowing the route that I have to run, like knowing. Um, what we're trying to accomplish as a whole offense on that certain play and against certain defenses. Um, there's always more details that you can learn, um, you know, from year one to year two and all the way up to year 10. There's always uh, something you can learn about um, defenses or whatever it might be. So um, hopefully I can take a, another step forward this year and improve my game. Um, but he's in there duking it out with Dante Pettis, who because of Trent Taylor's absence – has had a pretty direct line to to snaps and rotations as that wide receiver three or four out there in San Francisco. Uh, I had a chance to sit down and talk with Dante Pettis, a super sweet kid, and um, man, that guy looks like he's got a future. Um, I, his hands could improve a little bit, but what everybody's saying about Pettis, and you know, we saw this on the film, is what he's really shown in training camp is that he's fast, but he's also quick. He's both. Byron Lambert here with 49ers rookie wide receiver Dante Pettis. Dante, uh, how's it feeling being in camp in your first year so far? It's been pretty fun. It's a different experience, but um, I'm enjoying it. You know, everybody's helping me through it. It's rough, you know. There's 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 a learning curve, but um, like I said, it's it's a fun time, and I'm blessed to be here. How do you feel about this wide receiver room? It's very deep. I think. Uh, I mean, a lot of guys can make plays on. You know, any given down, and um, I think everybody knows that. Uh, pretty tight group, I think, for, I mean, from what I can tell, um, just getting here, everybody's helping each other out. Everybody seems to be, you know, extremely, extremely good for each and other. He's a pretty big, he's, you know, he's not big, but he's tall. He's got some range to him, and you can tell if this guy gets out in the wide open, he's going to outrun you a lot of the times. You combine that with good, good, explosive, short area quickness, and Pettis. Pettis is really showing something in San Francisco. So it's going to be Pettis and Taylor duking it out, I believe, alternating at that three and four spot, depending on play call, formation, you know, et cetera, uh, throughout the season. So the starting four in San Francisco for Garoppolo is going to be Goodwin, Garcon, 
Dante Pettis, Trent Taylor, uh, and of course you alluded to George Kittle. You uh, referenced his late round ADP, round 12 ADP, and I'll tell you, George Kittle getting a lot of love at 49ers camp. He's grown a lot. He's very comfortable. The coaches like him. Uh, You can tell this is a kid that's got a really, really bright future uh, there in San Francisco. We just can't forget the fact that uh, Selleck still gets – he's still getting snap count there and is going to continue to. So, you know, like most tight end situations around the league – George Kittle's going to find himself in a bit of a timeshare at the tight end position, albeit as the lead young guy. And then you have to kind of factor that in with the number of other target targets he's competing with uh, there in San Francisco. And I Kittle, all these guys can't break. Yeah, down. Kittle's got a bright future, and, and I think a lot right. of the arrows point back to Jimmy Garoppolo, as others say. But just you know, this is why we don't draft tight ends until late, guys. And this is what ultimately you're going to end up matchup playing tight ends the vast majority of you for the vast majority of the season it's not something to get too bent out of shape about whether you're able to get george kittle or not um but yeah still a player we really like and is uh, certainly coming uh coming up there in san francisco as a bright dynasty future uh as well um got a couple of and whatever and, and what everybody wants to know you said you got a couple of other things. I was going to get to what everybody no, wants to know. No, I was going to say a couple of other wide receivers on that depth chart I'd like to get to. Hey, but hey, we're going to hey, save it. On the DFS exactly. Pod. I want to save it. Give that, I want to save I'm, it. I'm beginning to think that this podcast, we're going to play some interviews on it. It'll be a podcast maybe that we put out on the iTunes feed and that people can be teased about getting the preseason week one DFS content tomorrow. Sounds good to me. The 2018 Rosterwatch Cheat Sheet is available now at Rosterwatch.com. The revolutionary cheat sheet that changed fantasy football forever is back only at Rosterwatch.com. Winning fantasy players don't use outdated magazines or expensive draft software that's impossible to navigate. The Rosterwatch Cheat Sheet. All you have to do is follow the three simple rules. That's it. Three rules. Guys, it couldn't be easier. The Roster Watch Cheat Sheet, an expert quality draft, is guaranteed. It's magical, it's mystical, it's mythical. The Roster Watch Cheat Sheet, it is only at rosterwatch.com. So let's talk about then, because I, I think I know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking over what I, the notes that I've taken. It was just about just names coming up from, at least from uh, 40, 49ers camp about possible wide receivers to target. And I'm, I'm dying to ask you about these guys. But, but, but let's, before we do it, let's move on to the running backs. Is Jarek McKinnon the guy? Is Matt Breida a real threat? There are riders around there that act like they are just complete truthers for Matt Breida. Now, what, what, what Shanahan has said is that, is that, you know, they whenever they got Jarek McKinnon, they paid him like he's a top five back in the National Football League. And Kyle Shanahan, who is, seems as truthful as they come in availabilities and meetings with the press, he said that he sees him in a Devontae Freeman role. We know that he's about that exact same size. And is prob- I'll ask you, has he bulked up to where Devontae Freeman is? Is he going to really be in that kind of role? And are people getting a little bit overly worried about Matt Breida? 
It's as clear as the sunny blue skies in Santa Clara, California, that Jarek McKinnon is absolutely the lead back in San Francisco. Yes, he is the guy. Now, Jarek McKinnon strikes me as a rock-solid PPR asset for this season. Maybe we can back off of it a tiny little bit in standard. I see a guy who's a 15 to 18 touch player on average with 20 touch upside in a given week, but I'd expect more of a 15 to 18 touch per game guy when we look back on the season with a pretty heavy uh, percentage of that production being in the receiving game on receptions, which uh, again, you get an 18, 15 to 18 touch guy that's getting several targets a game out of the backfield in a good offense. Uh, that yes, that's a rock solid uh, PPR asset uh, in Jarek McKinnon. So yeah, he's the real deal. He looks good. And here's the thing to remember too about the 49ers is that when you go look at their depth chart, go look at every running back on their depth chart. Jarek McKinnon at 205 pounds is the biggest running back on the roster. So you get concerned that he you get concerned that he's too small to get the goal line work and to get the volume that you really want, but then you realize and then you realize that everybody else on the roster is either his same size or really most most of them are smaller than he is, making Jarek McKinnon not only the lead guy in the rotation but also the biggest, most powerful, most explosive running back of the group. 